Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Believe it or not, today we're going to be talking with Miss Angel Angel again for page two of her story. The last time we met Angel, she shared one of the, for me, one of the most powerful stories I've heard in my entire life group of stories more like it wasn't just one story it was many many stories and i do like to say in this podcast that it's like an onion we start peeling and then we start peeling and before you know it, we're peeling so many layers back before we get to the core and there's almost always a story behind the story behind the main story behind the major story and thank you all so much for joining me again for another episode of suicide pages and we're going to talk about Hmm. Hopefully, because I don't know more than you guys do, believe it or not. Hopefully, we're going to dig deeper. We're going to get to maybe the cross today. We don't know. But Miss Angel has been gracious enough to come back. And if you listen to page one, you know that even I couldn't take it. I'm a big crybaby. If you don't know me now, you know. And um, I had to do a hard stop because it was just, it, it was emotionally draining for me just listening to her. And of course, I get to see her. Y'all don't get to see her. She probably went through one box of tissue in that one episode. But you know what? I'm thankful for the platform, for the voice, for the energy, for the, the idea to put this podcast forth and touch people's hearts and hopefully change lives. And that's what we're here for. Miss Angel is an energy healer, if you remember that. She uses energy to heal you. She's a life activator and a life accelerator. She speaks six languages, so she's a poly she speaks six languages, so she's a polyglot like me. She's a coach of all kinds of levels with a history of sexual, repeated sexual molestation, sexual abuse, and multiple, multiple, multiple attempts at suicide. And we stopped last time at the episode, at, at the story where she had already, she thought she had jumped, but somebody had pulled her and saved her. And I do know one thing from experience that you sometimes have to get to the bottom, to the pit, before you can rise and soar. And that's what we're here to talk about today, to talk about maybe some more stories or maybe the next level. And in her own words, we're going to leave from being a victim to being a victor. So. Without further ado, Miss Angel, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Dr. Lulu. Um, 
And yes, I'm here for the continuation of the story because we couldn't leave you hanging just like that. You know, we got to show you the, the light on the other side of the darkness, <laughs> the light on the, the end of the tunnel. Yes, ma'am. So where did we end up with it's you know, I don't know where do you want to start with this we okay. ended up at the to, for me I thought it was the climax of that week's story the climax because you kind of thought you had jumped yeah but someone you know I would never thought as a doctor I would ever open my mouth and say thank god for cigarettes like what what's she saying but if not for the fact that your coworker came up to get a cigarette to smoke you might not be here today. So you know what? I'm going to say this with all kinds of spoons and tables, tablespoonfuls of salt. Please listen to the story first. But thank God for the first and last time in my life for cigarettes, for cigarette smoke. <laughs> yes, I didn't look at it that way. But yeah, thank you very much for the cigarette because I would have not been here today speaking to you and sharing with you my journey. Yes, ma'am. So I'd like to think that that was it, that after that, life will turn around for me. Apparently, it didn't. So I ran away from the company dormitory because... Um, Did you say you ran away? Ran away <laughs> from the company. So because the, the dormitory, the company hired a private dormitory, a private company to house us in. Now, this dormitory it's not really treating us fairly. So they're receiving the meal allowance for us and then they prepare the meals for us. We were treated like animals. The food mm. that we eat are, you know, when you scoop the chicken from the pot that has so many, is so much soup in there, only the bones stayed in the... In oh the my God. Like, how long was this cooked? This is like food for oh. pigs or... or I don't know. Not definitely not for humans. Not for humans. Exactly. Yeah. That's the same for fish. You know, we'll have fish, you know, tilapia is the fish that we were being served. And you when you scoop it up, it's just the bones in the ladle because it's just disintegrated. I'm like Oh my lord. You know, cooking is an art and as a Nigerian, as a West African Cooking is one of those things that it's it's you ha you have to cook. I know for myself when I cook upset Versus when I cook happy, it tastes different. Exactly. It tastes different. Yeah. Because wow. our energy gets infused yes. in the food we cook. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So because of and I couldn't take that. And my last throw with that one was when the owner of the dormitory asked us to clean the public areas because he's running for election. I'm like, oh my God. I was not here for you. I was working with a company, so I have no issue with the company, but they're not doing anything with the housing management that they put us into. So I'm like, that's it for me. Wow. So my coworkers are too scared that they will be sent home, so they didn't do anything. So I'm like, okay, I don't care anymore after that incident, right? So I'm like, well, you see, I'm, I'm seeing a thread here. I'm seeing the thread of strength, the thread of being an activist from when you were a toddler. That's what you do. You're like, you know what? Forget you. And may I may use the word fuck that bullshit. Yeah. I'm out of here. Peace out. You know, it's like, see y'all later. Hasta la vista, baby. And you were gone. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> and that was the beginning of your, your, hopefully the beginning of your, your victory story. I don't know. We'll see. So with that, I plotted my escape. 
the dormitory is wired with cameras. <laughs> There's security cameras. So how do you just escape without being seen? There was one time that um, we were gonna, that's, it's before Chinese New Year in Taiwan. So before we go to, to work, I talked to two of my coworkers who were, were close enough and I said, would you help me? <laughs> and they're like, you have the courage to do it? Sure, why not? But we're not going, <laughs> we're too scared to do that. So I did what I could and I had a small backpack with me, my, my hair. So my hair was long like this at that time. And I, I have a jacket. I was wearing a jacket and I just told the supervisor, I'll just go out for a little bit and buy something outside. Um, and I have that small backpack. So I went out and that's what they know when I went out. Yeah. After I go out, I removed the jacket that I was wearing. Mm. I raised my hair up and put a baseball cap and wear sunglasses. Yes. And so the, the picture that they saw of me when I get out of the building that they have in the camera is the one with long hair, wearing white jacket that has blue mm. stripes and carrying this backpack. When I went to the taxi, nobody went with long hair and a girl with, yes. with this, you know, so they never, they never found me. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Never. So for, I was run away for about, I guess, a year and a half to two years. Um, I was fortunate enough that I had a relative that helped me there. Another adventure started there. You know, my, my cousin said, if you want to be able to find a job, you got to learn speaking the language. And I'm giving you two weeks. Two weeks to speak the Chinese language. Oh, I'm wow. I'm just like, this is survival. Yes. You want to work? You want to make money? I'm like, yeah, yes. I'm just going to stay here. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do it. He says, how do I do that? She's working, obviously. Her, she has kids. The kids only speak the dialect in the province I went to. It's oh, not wow. even Mandarin. So it's harder. <laughs> The in-laws will go to her go to her house with also the dialect speaking the dialects. The TV I want to watch TV. It's all in Chinese. I'm like, for oh. God's sake, what? <laughs> she comes home. I talk to her in in English or in Philippine language Tagalog, and she wouldn't speak to me in our language. She oh, speaks. she was re- she was serious. She's dead serious. Oh wow! And so that's when I discovered that you know our survival instinct kicks in. When it's like that. When it's needed, yes. In two weeks, I learned to speak the dialect. Wow. So That's what I call immersion. After. Immersion. Immersion. <laughs> Baptism by fire. <laughs> exactly. So after that, she's like, okay, this is your story. We're going out there, apply for a job. Your, your story is that you're here because you escaped an abusive marriage. So all of a sudden, I was married and, and she had to make a story so that nobody will report me. Absolutely. <laughs> what yes. I did was legal at that time. You know? So there's some adventure yes. in my life, even though there's darkness. Yes. I had some fun. And you got to have some fun. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Yeah. Well, you got to keep your, your sense of humor, you know. Exactly. Um, for me, I think my sense of humor helped me when I was suicidal. Even though I was suicidal, I was still like, I don't know, I have too many shoes. I used to tell myself, I was like, girl, you have too many shoes. You can't kill yourself. You have too many shoes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Oh, goodness. Uh, hmm. my, my cousin and I came up with a story that 
uh, obviously she loves uh, movies and whatnot. And the story she came up with was I what I escaped an abusive marriage, so it has to be hush hush, so that because my husband might end up finding me and uh, beat me up again and whatnot. So that's the story that we had to tell everywhere we applied for a job. And I, I got accepted for jobs, you know, and because I speak the language, I became friend, friends with uh, Taiwanese people. And in the beginning, you know, Chinese people, they love to curse and swear and they're so loud, you know. I would cry because they're like, they're, they'll call my name with cursing and swearing at the end of it or before it. Oh, wow. You know, it's like, it's like you jump because it's oh, so wow. loud. Like, what did I do wrong? Oh, wow. Are you sure they're allowed? Have you met Nigerians? <laughs> I have some friends. Who's okay, Nigerian, we are I unequivocally the, loud. the loudest people that I know. And let me tell you something. My son, when, went, when we first went to visit Nigeria with them, he was like, Mom, why is everybody so angry? I said, no, we're not. He said, no, no, Mom. Everybody's angry. I said, no, uh-uh. That's how we talk. <laughs> That's how we talk. Like, Everybody's so angry. They were scared. They were like, you're all angry? <laughs> I was like, no, we're just, we're just passionate. We're all angry and talk too fast, you know? <laughs> we're just passionate. It's like, okay, whatever you say, Mom, whatever you say, I like, I take it or leave it. That's how we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, I learned to, you know, my cousin said, you know, just respond back to them the way they, they talk to you with the cursing and swearing. Also, I'm like, okay, fine. I learned all of the cursing and swearing in their dialect. And when I respond back to them, it's with the cursing and swearing, of course, in Chinese. And they were shocked and they're like, uh-oh, she knows how to fight now. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so that was the fun part with that. So the thing, and every weekend we would go out party drinking you know at that time i think really the rebellious part of me came out drugs uh i my my timeless friends started introducing me with it but i never really went into drugs i i said i would go with alcohol i i think i had the courage to do the alcohol well mm. i drank hard at that time and so there was a time my friends um, she said, you know what? It's really no job right now. Why don't we go for a tour? We're going to tour you for a field trip. So we went for a weekend field trip. There's um, three of us women, two of them couples, and there's a guy that joined us. Didn't realize that this guy actually, um, I don't know what, how do you even call that, but he maybe is sexually attracted to me at that time. But he's old. He's like my father's age at, age at that time. And I was Ouch. only 23, 24 at that time. Like, how did I know that? During the field trip, mm-hmm. after we had dinner, we all had a drink or two. But I think that guy had more than um, what, what he should have. He followed me in my room. And I'm like, okay. I thought he's just saying goodnight. And I'm like, okay. And then he showed me this, um, a diamond ring. I'm like, what is that for? And he was saying in Chinese, of course, that for me, because I'm beautiful and da-da-da, I'm like, why are you doing this? Aren't you married? You know, aren't you married? But he's drunk. And I said, you know what? Go to bed. I'm going to bed already. For real. He, he put his, one of his foot in the door just so that he can stop the door from closing. And... At that time, he he was drunk and so very strong. Ended up pushing me uh, from the door towards the bed, and he's going to 
again. It's the attempt. Oh my god! Another nightmare <laughs> started. So the trust. I was slowly um, having, you know, thinking that oh maybe I could trust again. And I was like, you know what? Wrong. You can't okay. trust people. Yes. You only got yourself. So thankfully, the the self defense mechanism was um, quick enough for me that I was able to do Over- some. Punch him and overpowered him, and yes, because he was drunk too. Is yeah, yeah. he might be strong, but also not not gonna last. The power is not gonna last. Yeah, so I ran out of the bedroom and went to my friends, and they're like, "What's going on with you?" I'm like, "That asshole is." Oh, excuse for my language. You're good. You're good. (laughs) Like did this and that, and it's like what? And then the soldering. It's like, what is that? And it's also because of this thing. What do we do with it? Like, you can have that, I said. So they were so mad and like, okay, it's nighttime. Stay with us here tonight. We'll deal with him tomorrow. So the next day, they all dealt with him. And we're like, we we part ways from now. You're not going with us. Yes, thank you. And my friend said the the ring, the diamond ring was big. And they're they're like, I have an idea so that you can really... um, get back to him. Let's sell the ring. <laughs> wait, wait, whose ring? Wait, wait, whose ring was it? I don't know. Maybe he bought it because it's in a nice box. It's obviously new and I don't oh think it's, it's the wife. So yeah. I told my friends, you can do what you want to do with it. So they sold it and said, here's the money. You can have it. I'm like, no, it's as if I... Oh, girl, pawn that sucker. And, <laughs> and they're like, okay, we don't want to accept it. Let's just go party. <laughs> I know that's right. Shit. So we ended up using that money. They ended up using that money to buy more drinks and whatnot. And I'm like, oh my God. So from that time, I started questioning again, you know, about why does this seem to keep on following me? Mm. Come on, enough already. And there's fun, there's adventure when I was a runaway in Taiwan. But of course, there's a lot of things also happening envy jealousy from the filipino community because some of them ended up finding out that the story we were telling the chinese community is not really true so Mm -hmm. one of them attempted to report me to the police Mm. uh, because i speak the language fluently that i get the job that i want i get paid for well for it and i go to places like they can't even go to you know Um, jealousy will will, will creep creep in never fails Exactly. So eventually, I had enough of those um, jealousy and whatnot. I told my cousin, you know what? I want to go home. Let me go back to the Philippines and reset. So I went home, and that was 2002. So 2002, I went home, and I thought I'm going to stay there and just maybe start a business there or something. But no, because I ended up staying in my parents' place for maybe a month or less than a month even i would always hear my father you know it's like you've been to taiwan you still you end up nothing you know i didn't have enough savings goodness I, I was just you know i might be dead tomorrow might as well spend here and there that's what i was doing and i couldn't take what he was saying i'm like you know what forget that told my mom i'm oh, sorry i'm leaving again hmm. so i decided I'm like, where do I really want to go? I want to go Europe, but 
to go to Europe on your own, it would cost too much. And I don't have that much money at that time, so I couldn't afford it. Um, I could go to North America. That's also out of my budget. Finally, I'm like, hey, universe, if I'm meant to get out of the Philippines, you're going to show me a way. Yes. Um, so while in Manila with my friends, and we're doing some network marketing stuff that time, which, you know, um, recruiting people, bringing to wherever. And I realized that, holy crap, my money is going down. I'm not going anywhere. And there's no money coming in. This is not working. Finally, um, my, my friend's uh, relative said, hey, I have my, my friend has someone that is an agent for Cyprus. I said, what do you mean? This guy helps anyone who wants to go to Cyprus uh, for work. I'm like, okay, what work? Like, if you want, I'll set you up with appointment and you can talk. And so I went and met with an agent and he said, we need caregiver. Caregiver. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll apply. <laughs> the, fra- the, the funny thing though is I have no professional experience as a caregiver. The experience I have caregiving is taking care of my four siblings. Mm. But I was desperate to get out of the Philippines. So I filled up, I made my own resume and gave it to the um, agent. The agent looked at me from head to toe with, you know, it's like, you're not going to get accepted, you know, like put me down already because I was so skinny. I was less than 100 pounds back then and 5'2". Oh. As a caregiver, you can't do it. It's like, you, you're the one who needs to be taken care of. That's what, the, that's what the agent told me. Like, you're malnourished right now. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I'm just so, do your job, you know? Yeah, know. So he said, okay, fine. I'll submit the resume, but I don't think you will be. I'll accepted. take you, yes. <laughs> you're against people who have so many experiences. I'm like, just submit it, you know, I'm already accepted. I'm like, what did you say? The agent said. But to me, I'm like, I'm already hired. Yes. Came back to me after one week and said, I can't believe this. How the heck did you do that? You're the one that the employer picked. <laughs> <laughs> you knew people in high places. I mean, it was just time. I, 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 I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. So... I thought that was, so another adventure, right? Went to Cyprus within two weeks uh, of that. Um, and it was cool. It was fun. I learned to speak Greek when I was there. Wow. So I stayed there for one year. Now, the employer I was taking care of, she's, I think, 5'9", and she's a big-built woman. Mm. She has a stroke. So she was. <laughs> And she said, like, are you sure you can carry me if we ended up falling? I'm like, test me. <laughs> test me, you know. Um, but her husband is so annoyingly negative and just keeps on whining. He's, uh, he's English. He just keeps on whining. It's just, I just, I'm like, how can you live with this guy? And she's like, you just, you just do it because you're married. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And she's like, how the heck? Do you manage to smile every day? Don't you have any problems? I'm like, I do. You only knew. Mm-hmm. Are you always smiling? I'm like, why am I not allowed to smile even though I have problems? <laughs> you know? Oh. That the husband, um, one time, the husband always put me down. Like, he's very racist. But thankfully, the, the wife would always defended me. But I couldn't stand that any longer. So I only stayed there for 
one year, but during that year, I'm already plotting my escape mm-hmm. <laughs> again. So you know, you're noticing a pattern here. I'm, yes. I'm running away. And you know what, though? That's what I was going to say. Because of that early upbringing, mm-hmm. where you just had no sense of self-worth, so you have no patience for anybody. Before you know it, you're gone. You don't, you don't give it enough chance. I, I was on the radio on WURD on Wednesday for an interview. And I told mm-hmm. him, I said, when the child is experiencing depression and all those behaviors, a lot of times they engage in high-risk behavior. So if you're looking for a child to stay in the room and crying and crying and crying, that is not typical for children, for teens. Yeah. They engage in this, the, the, the high-speed driving, no seatbelts, high-risk you know, drugs, alcohol, unprotected sex, all of those things because they're looking for love in all the wrong places. That is a sign of depression, believe it or not. Yeah. No self-worth. You know, so I'm Cra- craving for recognition. Yes. Know, for oh, attention. Wow. That's yes. You know, when you're craving for attention, and there's that emptiness inside you that, that that can never be filled in by alcohol or drugs. Yes. You don't care anymore about your life. When you're suicidal, um, you have that suicidal thoughts and tendencies, and you're depressed. You don't care anymore what could happen to you. So you would always, and that's how I felt like before. It's like I'm so carefree, and people will like will always ask me, how can you do that? It's just because I don't care if I die now. Yes, know? yes. Um, I mentioned to my mom that I wanted to leave Cyprus already and asked them if they knew anyone, if they happened to know anyone in Italy. Because from Cyprus, it'd be easier to uh, Yeah, They're not too far away. Yeah, exactly. So that explains your language. Yes, so then there's Italian. <laughs> There's also Italian coming up. That's good. So with that, um, it's my, three o'clock. My parents finally they actually found someone that they know in Italy who happened to. I my mom said my father did a favor to the family of that person, so she actually helped me. Um, ended up going to Belgium and then to Italy. Um, in Italy, that's when. Oh wait, back up a little bit. In Cyprus, I. I also experienced attempted rape. <laughs> is this something about you? You just attract the wrong people. I was like, um, is it what how I place at the wrong time? How I dress up? No, oh. I was always wearing always jeans and shirts because I was boyish at that time. I still think I still going back. I still think it's just maybe your size. My size or it? It's in my DNA. Oh, heaven forbid. Sexual trauma was in my ancestry, which I found out now with what I do. Really? So something we're going to talk about later on. But yeah, so mm. uh, attempted rape also uh, in Cyprus also. That's when that's the reason why I'm like, okay, I'm done with you, Cyprus. Oh, wow. That's when I asked my parents if they know anyone in Italy. And they... They actually found one. And so, okay, this is what you're going to do. I had to pay um, the agent in Belgium to help me cross, get me a visa to Bel- Belgium, and then she will bring me to Italy. Mm. Uh, I have that money, so I was able to do that. Um, they said, you won't be able to get a visa to, to Belgium. I'm like, why not? They said, it's so hard. All the Filipinos I talked to there, they said they tried several times and they always got denied. I'm like, no, I already got my visa. I already saw it. <laughs> That's how I talk, you know. And they're like, how the heck do you say that with confidence? I don't know. 
I all I know is I already had my visa when I went to the um, embassy for interview after a week I got a call and I had the visa so, so well, essentially the- I hear a pattern of bravery you you were brave yeah. and um in some sorts of ways, it was probably self-protection at this point. You like, I'll, I'll go where no one else wants to go because I have nothing to lose. I mean, based on your story so far, you know, yeah. what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to get raped again, or I'm going to die again, or, you know, I mean, not die again, but attempt, you know, not, not to belittle it, but it's like, you've already seen 99. So what's a hundred? That's what we say in Nigeria. It's like, you know, yeah. it's been so bad. Like I'll go, sure, whatever. You know yeah, how how bad how bad can it go? It has been bad. What's more? Yes, yes. Worse than this. That's, that's yes, that. Exactly. But so I ended up going to Rome, Italy, one of the most amazing cities you can be in. I before I went there, I know the language already because I was studying Italian already while I was still in Cyprus. I ordered a a book a set of books with cassette tapes at that time and learning that already. So when I arrive in Rome, I already know how to speak the language. I blend in right away. Um, Finally, Rome seems to me is the the breaking point. That's when the curse of sexual abuse stopped. Amen. Because that's when I met my soulmate, now husband, for 13 years. Amen. Yeah. So he he lives in Canada at that time. We met online by accident. <laughs> he was my friend who wanted to be online in these dating sites. Yes. And we were chatting and whatnot. And my husband and I ended up connecting, which is a whole new story on how we get together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's online. Does online dating works? Yes. <laughs> I'm a proof of that. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to share with all of you with all these stories that whenever there's when there's darkness there's light on the other side of it there's always light at the end of the tunnel and i'm here in front of you today speaking with you um you know i already i'm completely healed from these mental issues there's no more suicidal thoughts or tendencies or attempts um did i if I, I backed up a little bit when I immigrated here after getting married with my husband, I need to immigrate here. The first year that I was here was crazy with depression. So it didn't happen right away with the healing depression because I couldn't work right away. Um, I don't know how to drive here. I don't have the license here yet. And then I got pregnant unexpectedly. You know, yeah. I was planning to go to school to get licensed for massage therapy and then I get pregnant. Um, so that was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, I felt like my life was meaningless. I felt like I was just, you know, when you're independent for a long time and you're making your own money and you never depend on anyone and then all of a sudden it's as if you're at the mercy of someone like even the money to buy your underwear, you it has to come from your husband. Mm. I felt like I was so small. Like I, I felt like I was just a grain of rice. That's how I see myself that time. My husband would come home and I was always crying. And he's like, why are you crying? I don't know. Maybe you can, you can find out why. Mm. And I would always tell him, maybe I should just die. 
my my life is so meaningless. Why am I even alive? You know. Mm. Um. So many times I I tried again. The I tried again to commit suicide. Um. During the, that time, that my first year, I felt like I was a prisoner. But my husband was so loving, so caring, so generous. But inside of me, I felt like I was trapped somewhere. But no one really is imprisoning me. I'm like, what is going on? You know, I was, I hit that lowest point in my life again while when I immigrated here in Canada in 2007. <sighs> Continued with the pregnancy, but you know, when pregnancy is unwanted, it becomes so much harder. And then you have no family, no friends here. Mm-hmm. And then the family of your husband, you can feel that they don't really like you or there's some things that they're saying behind your back. Mm. That's even harder. Um, so I was just home. I never go out, you know. I could go out and take public transportation, but I just stayed home all the time. After giving birth, the postpartum depression made the depression. Oh, God. I had that with my second son, honey. Mm. 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 So the doctor said, there's really nothing I can give you or you can do. Those were the times like, you know, I, like, I was like, I packed my suitcase. I have a suitcase ready because I wanted, there were times I just wanted to go. I would, the road rage started showing up. You know, I would break dishes, like just out of nowhere, just throw the dishes in the floor, just crash mm. the when I'm holding a knife and I'm cooking and holding a knife, looking at it, I'm like, hmm, what would it feel like, you know, just slicing in your uh. I don't think it's going to hurt that much, you know? Mm. And I would have these visions of me lying in the floor with all of my blood and then my husband come oh home. Oh, my God. <sighs> those were my constant companion during those times. And... The only one that wakes me up every time is when my daughter cries. <laughs> because when I hear the cry, I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm not alone. Yes. Oh, I'm like, God. okay, what are you doing? So bring me up in that present moment again and drop the knife and take care of the baby. And <sighs> after I took care of the baby, I'm down again. It's like, what is this? It's mm-hmm. that darkness I kept on seeing. That depression carried on for so many years eventually my husband got so scared because i had my suitcase by the door my passport is i'm holding my passport i said about to leave again Mm. yeah i'm leaving i can't handle being here anymore i don't think i'm meant to be a mom i don't think i'm a good wife Mm. all those things just let me go i don't want you to be in this path that i'm in it's like, no, I can't let you go. We're meant to be together. And what about our baby? You can't leave her. Look at her. Um, she, he left me for a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like, hold on. And he was gone. I don't know how, how long. And he came back with my sisters-in-law. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck are you guys doing? In? But I was crying the whole time that he left. And when he came back, they were all... So his plan was for his siblings to talk me out of what I was doing. His siblings said, marriage life was tough. Of course, they don't know what I really went through. And he said, think about your daughter. 
don't think about your husband any, anymore if you don't want to, but think about your daughter. I'm like, okay. After hmm. hours of crazy emotional conversation, I guess they were able to persuade me to stay. Wow. And I to think it over. Wow. And with that, my husband did drastic changes. Every day he comes home. He'll force me to go out of the house. Yes. He'll bring me to the car. We'll go to the mall. It's like, I have the baby. Go do what you want to do. Window shopping. Like, they're somewhere else in the mall and I'm on my own. Yes. Oh, wow. Finally, doing that. In the beginning, I don't see any benefit to it. Like, what a waste of time and gas. That's what I was thinking. Hmm. And by persistently, he consistently do it and persisted with it after about a month i felt i started to feel different thank god it was as if i started to find myself again amen so that became a regular routine for us monthly especially monthly is that you know what you have the credit card you can go buy you don't have to ask me i'm like yeah that's still not my money you're the making the money that's how was my mentality at that time mm. I said, no, it's our money. When you started working, are you going to say that's just your money? I'm like, maybe. <laughs> but so he pulled me out of that darkness. And that was back in 2009. So I guess I was okay up until 20. 2012 and during that time I became busy doing online stuff I fell into you know how can you make money from home I did a research and I fell into this rabbit hole of online marketing stuff and network marketing stuff that's another story that's why you told me you do that also wow I tell you what um, I think it's probably a good place for us because you're crying again which is okay which is okay at least this time around the host is not crying, which I, I'm very easy to cry, but I choose to hold myself together a little bit for this particular interview, and you're completely welcome to cry. But I think at this point, we might want to just kind of take a break and then ask you to tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Where can people find you? Um, because I think, we're, do you have more than one child? Or just yes, one? I have two kids. You have two kids. Okay, so where are you now in life? Where can the listeners find you? And tell me a little bit about this free reading. What? <laughs> I want some of it. So where I am now, I am very happy, completely healed from all these massive traumas, actually, with the suicidal thoughts, um, depression, and everything else. That's why I'm here in front of you, Dave. Emotion comes up, that's normal, but it's not really emotionally charged anymore. I don't feel the anger anymore. Mm. It's not there anymore. Um, and that is but all like because of energy healing. It also looks like it's the story started from when your dad died, you said? Yes. Years yes, ago. So we needed, we needed that piece to be out of the equation for you because he was holding you in a way. He had like something around your heart because, you know, everybody wants their parents to accept them. This yeah. is what I say about parents, whether your son is LGBT, your daughter is LGBT, your daughter wants to become a Muslim, your son wants to become a girl. I don't care. You gave birth to that child. Your rights, I mean, your, 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 
Your job is to protect them, period. You don't have anything else to tell me. I'm not going to come and protect your child more than you do. You're the number one cheerleader, number one caregiver of your child, number one advocate. So when we removed the fact that he rejected you all these years, then you were able to sort of close that door, lock it through the key into the hole, and then move on. Thank God, in a way, for you that you're able to make that pivot, right, in your life. So it has to be, I know it's, it might sound cruel, but... It's only after his passing um, that I finally found that complete forgiveness inside my heart. Where but at least you forgave him. And that's another thing we need to mention. After he passed or no, either way, because you know what I heard somewhere? Forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you. Exactly. And yeah. recently I had to do something like that with my family. I said, guys, listen, I forgive all of you for whatever, whatever. And guess who's happy? Me. I'm okay and I'm moving on. So that's good. Very exactly. good. So learning to forgive my father and forgiving myself as well um, in that process has allowed me to, yeah, diffuse those anger and hatred that I had for so long, you know. Um, I did so many process of forgiving and letting go of anger, but never really worked until 2017. And so in 2017, you know, 20s. 15, 2016, there's that awakening that happened for me, like a spiritual awakening, if you can call it that. Um, I can feel that my soul has been guiding me towards something else and it's not online marketing <laughs> because anything I do with online marketing is just not, it's not working. I'm able to make money, but it's never consistent. You know, I'm like, come on, I'm tired of this thing. So then that's why depression would show up again. Mm. Um, when I get pregnant with my son in 2013 I got depressed again with that and just left everything I dropped everything with my business with that and except we're going to have to go back there because yours truly is going to be a benefactor from all this online marketing stuff that you do honey what yes well you know it's not like I hated that it's just at that time with the depression and everything else it's just you know what I'm done with this thing because money is not really coming in from this okay forget it (laughs) Yeah, you know? I, I, I know because I quit, I quit medicine about a, a year ago. I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm, I'm not going to see one more patient in the clinic and write prescription for penicillin when there are kids out there trying to kill themselves. And so I walked away. I walked away from a $200,000 job. I was like, hasta la vista. Um, because indeed money is not everything. And I'm so much happier. And that was something that I did that I know many people can't do, but that's okay. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So where I am now... Um, happy, especially because I'm doing my soul's purpose, um, impacting people's lives by helping them heal. Um, a lot of my clients that I help heal through PTSD, has suicidal tendencies, depression, um, went through so many things as well that I've been through and I understood completely. I've been there, you know, it's not like I learned it through books. So it's, I've been there. I know how better. Yes. Yeah. And so it's true energy healing. Um, I was born with healing, like uh, from long lines of healers on both sides. So it's not something that I just learned, although I also have certifications and several modalities, but it's always that it's always in my blood. It's always with me since I was a kid. That's why I was called many names, devil's daughter, witch, whatnot, (laughs) because I can do things that I thought 
everyone is able to do. Wow. That's right. good. I'm so proud to know you. So honored to know you because when you were, even when you were six, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. and speaking up for those people who were being oppressed, that was part of the healing coming out. You yes. were trying, you know, you were, you were being their advocate. You were being the activist for them as you went through your own tempest. Because for those Christians out there, I don't know much about Muhammad, but I do know at least Christianity as a Catholic. I do know that even as well, even as much as Jesus was there to save and the ultimate healer that he was, he had to go through his passion. He had to sometimes get in the boat and go to a quiet place by himself. He had to go through the transformation, transfiguration, all of that to even to go to be tempted by the devil. You know, all of that was part of the journey he had to go through to come out victorious and then rise after three days. Oh my God, I'm, I'm doing good with this. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> I have goosebumps. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. I have chills with that. Connection. I know. I'm making so, some connections. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I. That's a very good way of putting it that I, way. I didn't even know I had it in me. I promise you, hey, the healer. I'm talking to the healer, and stuff is just coming out from I don't know where, but I'm taking it all in. You hear me? I made a good connection. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Wow. Um, so since 2017, I've been helping people through energy healing and through my life accelerator coaching. So you can find me online in Facebook, um, Angel Alvaro. I have also the business page, Angel Alvaro. Um, Angel, as in E-A-N-G-E-L, Alvaro, A-L-V-A-R-O, A-R-O, okay. So Angel, A as in Alpha, L as in Lima, V as in Victor, A as in Alpha, R as in Romeo, O as in Oscar. Angel Alvaro. Okay, on Facebook, as well as maybe, I don't know, Instagram or what? I don't do Instagram right now. Uh, So I'm in Facebook, I'm in YouTube. I have my website, which is Mm angelalvaro.com, which is uh, under maintenance right now. We're updating it, but it will be um, live in probably next week. Amen. so also because of this, um, one of the things that I do, because I am so fortunate and so blessed now, ever since I started doing energy healing, embracing who I truly am, being a healer, um, I have been blessed financially. Um, you know, and, and I know what it feels now to be there in the darkness and now to be in the light that I give back to the community and giving free uh, one-hour healing session every month. And for Dr. Lulu's program, I'm being guided um, to offer three free healing sessions. That's one hour each. Oh, my um, God, yes! That's what... Goodness, thank you. Because I know my guests that that have had, they could use 20 hours, but hey, we'll start with the first one. Maybe I might be the first... Client, I don't even know because I have been broken. You hear me, girl? We're going to talk about me. <laughs> the first episode, which has my story and my why, my passion and my message. You can talk, girl, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know what? I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Wow. You're very welcome. That's, uh, that's the number that um, I was being guided to offer for now. We don't know where this is going to lead us later on, but yes, so. Dr. Lulu will have the link for that. (laughs) Yes, we will. And then all the thing I was going to ask is, usually before I let people go, I have them give me a favorite quote or Mm -hmm. a favorite book that you read. Or I know for you, like, what do you do to help you, 
you know, put things in perspective, help you cope, things like that. But For I me, like a favorite quote and I like a favorite book. And then what do you like to do? Um, one of the quotes that I, I love and I always uh, tell myself is that there's always light at the end of the funnel. You've said that like four times. That is true. Yeah, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I felt like it perfectly summarized my journey. <laughs> yes. A uh, book that impacted me so much and helps me um, put things into perspective, um, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. That book is like, you know, putting towards what I'd been through. And how I, how, what I've experienced when it comes to God or the creator or universe, however you address. That's that good that you mentioned that because for me, I decided when I turned 50 that I was going to essentially stop going to church. And I have, but I'm, 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 in other words, I'm still religious. Is that, no, I'm still spiritual. Yeah. But I may not be, I, I, mm. so many things has happened, have happened that yeah, have happened to me in the world and I see it happening and I just decided, you know what, the church is not for me anymore, but certainly I'm always going to, in my heart, be a Catholic. I'm going to probably die a Catholic. I'm a cradle Catholic. But it's important that you, it's, it's interesting that you said you read a book that talks about conversations with God. In other words, over through your life, all the things you went through, you never really lost faith in him is that fair to say that or i haven't read the yes. book so i don't know what the book is about but the book is about um you know how you can talk with god not just to god and it's you know um the author shared things about you know how during my darkest moments i would question god like do you really love me are you so are you angry there? punishing me you know mm. like that type of stuff and the author uh, shared all his experiences and it's pretty much what i'd been through it's as if he took the words out of my mouth that i don't know how to put them into words mm. when my husband read that book he said oh my god these are all the things that you've been telling me and like can you believe imagine that there's someone out there who wrote a book about it um it's just you know uh, helped me remember that i was not alone that all these times there's other people out there that went through things i went through not necessarily the trauma i'd been through but how it is when it comes to con conversations or talking with God or to God. <laughs> okay, so with um, with conversations with God, it's just something that I, I I highly recommend all of you read that because it's just going to help you um being spiritual doesn't have to be religious dr lula mentioned that she stopped going to church i stopped going to church since i can't remember maybe 30, uh, 20 years ago already um we have our own beliefs but to me the creator the universe or god is not in the church it's inside he's inside you or she's inside you but yeah that book made a huge impact in my life so you can read that Amazing. Thank you so much for being a guest today. I can't thank you enough. We laughed, we cried, we high-fived each other, we hugged each other. This is the beginning of a beautiful relationship. I can already tell. Most of my guests, I've actually been able to connect with them. One of them is a, a publisher. She's going to help me publish my second book. You're going to help me with my marketing and internet presence. You know, I mean, a couple of them are speakers. They're going to, you know, I, I just, I love it. I can only 
say thank God for the spiritual guidance to go up on this journey. I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm going to do it as much as I can for as long as I can while I'm still having fun. And um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Do you have any, I wouldn't call it final words. I don't want to use the word final, but do you have any parting words for now? Like any last advice, words of advice, words of you know, encouragement for the listeners? So, for all of you out there, especially if you have um, listeners who are teenagers, like 18, you know, in the brink of being an adult already, and you are going through suicidal tendencies, suicidal thoughts, depression, and you know that you couldn't tell your parents or you got no one to, to listen, to trust, you know, you couldn't trust anyone around you. Know that there's someone out there that you can trust and listen to. And if you need someone to, to speak to and, and just to listen to you, um, find me, message me. Um, I'll listen. <laughs> I know how what it feels like to be there. Never, never isolate yourself because isolation is just hurting you even more. That's what I did, and that didn't work. So, find support, moral support, spiritual support. Spiritual support doesn't have to be being religious. I know a lot of people that went through this uh, journey is like, no. I'm not being religious. I hate God. Is doesn't even love me. So why would I even exactly? Think that, you know. So, but that's not really the case. It's more about it's okay. Don't go to church anymore if you don't feel like it. I I I didn't for the past twenty years or so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll you'll come around and find the people that um, you know are there genuinely to support you. The best thing that you can do for yourself is. To trust that the universe always love and always support you. Wow. And opportunities and people will be sent your way. Your way. That is so true. There'll be people like me, Dr. Lulu, for you to share your story, finally, verbally, to share with the world. There'll be people like you, for people like me, to get a reading and get my internet presence on, you know, on flick, is that, or lit, or woke, whatever the, <laughs> <Lit up. laughs> whatever the people are saying these days, there'll always be your family members, there'll always be somebody, and sometimes it's not your family member, actually, I take that back, because yeah. sometimes, sometimes your family would fuck you up, and I have to say that because I can, but with all due respect to those who don't like the four letter word, okay, call it what you like, but sometimes your family will be the one that will set you on the path towards destruction so let's just put that out there but for the rest of us who are there for our family members more power to us thank you so much angel here's to you baby girl and thank you so much i am so grateful to be able to you know have this opportunity to share it with your listeners because i guess the universe knows that i am ready this time that there's no turning back anymore (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Here's to you. It's just for you. I love it. May the good Lord bless you. May you find peace and harmony. May you find positivity. May you find goodness at every corner because God knows you deserve it. And I'm going to start crying, so I'm going to stop. But I hope everything works out well for you. And, you know, I hope you come back and share some more victories with us and the listeners thank you so much i always have cry it's not too far away from me listeners thank you all so much for joining me today for another edition of suicide pages with dr lulu the podcast i am your host dr lulu aka the mom thank you all so much for listening 
Okay, I'm going to stop there. Peace out. Peace out.